so good to be together and uh, across all of our campuses here in Chesterfield, but uh, there in Derby, Sheffield, Rotherham, Stocksbridge, and online. And um, so good that we get to gather as the church today. And um, want to uh, just say to you, if this is your first time at Icon Church, want to say welcome home. Uh, we believe that Icon Church can become home for many, many people, wherever we are, across all of our campuses. And so if this is your first time here at Icon Church today, we want to give you a big welcome. So come on, church, let's welcome all those here for the first time. Like I said, it's so good to be together and um, Uh, We've had an incredible couple of days at conference and believing that today is going to be a continuation of that. But I I thought just to start my message, I thought it would be right to give honour where honour is due and to honour our lead pastors, Paul and Jeannie. And uh, so come on church, let's thank them for all that they do. Okay, you ready for the word? You ready for it to speak to you? Let me pray over it. Lord Jesus, speak to us. Amen. Amen. Why don't you say hello to two or three people and grab your seats. I heard a phrase recently that um, I've heard before, but I got the full context of it and the full weight of it in a conversation with someone and uh, it was this phrase which is the title of my message left on red now you you might not get that but it's that moment where you sent the message you've seen it's been read you're waiting for the reply and you've been left on red anyone getting it like you've seen I, i don't know maybe it's the uh two ticks on WhatsApp, maybe it's the dreaded three dots on iMessage, Uh, maybe it's the scene, delivered, whatever it is, but you've had that moment where it's felt like you've been left on red. Uh, Back in the day, and uh, it's because I'm getting old, we didn't have those two ticks or the red sign, you had delivered receipts. Anyone remember those? Where you could get delivery receipts for your text messages? Well, when me and Debbie were dating, we used to get delivery or delivered receipts. And um, uh, sometimes uh, on an evening when maybe we weren't able to uh, phone each other, you know, to do the whole dating thing where you phone each other and for three hours you just say, you put the phone down. No, you put the phone down. Uh, No, we'll do it at the same time. You ready? One, two, three. Are you still there? (laughs) You go first. Well, on those odd occasions when we were not able to speak on the phone or we weren't together, you'd send a message and it'd be in the message where maybe, uh, you know, Debbie was training to be a midwife. So sometimes she had to do night shifts and it'd be the moment where I would send the message that I was going to sleep and uh, it would be night, have a good shift, love you, all of that soppy stuff in there. And uh, you'd see that it got delivered. And you would try and wait up, or I would be trying to wait up for the text message that she'd reply with, good night, love you too. Anyone with me? Anyone experienced that moment? Where you would sit your phone next to your pillow 
waiting for the reply. Maybe you even do that today. I don't know. Maybe some young people, you do that today. But you're waiting for the reply and then you fall asleep. And you wake up like 2 a.m. and it's still left on red. I know. Oh, I don't know. Maybe in Sheffield, there's a few people who, you know, you text and they leave you on red. I don't know. Maybe there's a few people that where they've read the message. I, I, I can be bad at this. And uh, I, I know that if I open a message and don't answer it straight away, there are moments where I will forget to reply. Anyone with me? Yeah, you've left people on red. And then you feel guilty about it two days later when you go on your message. You go, oh, I forgot to send the text back. You feel guilty. Um, but what do you do when it feels like God has left you on red? What do you do when it feels like there's been no answer from God? What, what do you do when it feels like you're getting the dreaded three dots on the iMessage and you're waiting for the answer and uh, it feels like God has left you unread? That moment of frustration, that moment of anxiousness, that moment that leads to uh, the assumption of what if, what if I didn't pray the prayer right? What if I didn't ask God right? What if this isn't God's will? What if, and we lead ourselves to what if, but then what ifs eventually move to the excuses or the blames of if only, if only I'd done this, or if only God had done this, or if only anyone with me today that you've experienced that moment where you've gone from what if to if only. Well, we're not the only people that Jesus has left on red. Actually, he left some people who it tells us that he loved them. Their names are Mary and Martha. And let me read John 11 verses one to six to us. It says this, a man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus's sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the son of God will receive glory from this. So although Jesus, listen to this. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary and Lazarus, he left them on red. He stayed where he was for the next two days. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. He left them on red. He left them in that moment of the unknown. He left them in that moment of assumption. What if... He left them in the moment of, if only, we'll see that in a bit. He left them in that moment that Mary and Martha are in that moment. And it tells us how much Jesus loves them. Like it explicitly tells us that Jesus loved them. So he stayed another two days. Can you imagine doing that? To your, you know, like to your family, to people you love, they're sick. And all of a sudden you stay where you are for two days. I don't know, but I've been in situations where I felt like God has left me on red. Like situations where I'm not hearing from God. There have been moments in mine and Debbie's life where it's been moments of 
like, I don't know the answer and I'm asking God for the answer, but it looks like nothing is coming and it just looks like I've been left on red. I've quoted scripture, loads of it. He works all things for good for those who love him. I've quoted scripture like that, but there have been many moments where I have been left waiting on a response, left waiting on an answer, left waiting. And for many people, when we're left waiting, what we do is we retreat. We move away from our faith. We go to the what ifs and the if onlys. And in Jesus' perceived absence in this moment, and I guess in our own lives as well, in his perceived absence, it would lead us to moments of frustration and anxiousness. Those what if moments, those if only moments. Maybe it even leads us to moments of excuses and blame. But we will see that today that that's not a problem for Jesus, that we have those moments of frustration. Because sometimes we can beat ourselves up for having the moments of frustration. We can even beat ourselves up having the moments of if onlys. But I'm here to tell you today that Jesus, Jesus, that's not a problem for him. So Jesus heads to Bethany where Mary, Martha and Lazarus are two days late continues in these verses John 11 verse 7 says this finally he said to his disciples let's go back to Judea but his disciples objected rabbi they said only a few days ago the people in Judea were trying to stone you we're getting a little bit of context now he stayed two days there's threats on his life but their disciples are saying hey we've got these threats uh, if we can go back to the previous verse in verse 8 and then they say are you going there again Jesus replied with this answer, there are 12 hours of daylight every day during the day. People can walk safely. They can see because they have the light of the world, but at night there is a danger of stumbling because they have no light. Then he said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but now I will go and wake him up. The disciples said, Lord, if he is sleeping, he will soon get better. They thought that Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping. But Jesus meant that Lazarus had died. So Jesus has to tell them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. For now you will really believe. Come, let's go see him. Thomas, we know Thomas, nicknamed the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let's go too and die with Jesus. Like what an incredible story. What an incredible moment where Jesus says, I'm glad it's happened. Why? Because I have a plan. We've been singing about it today. I don't know how you'll make a way, but I know you will. I, I, I don't know the plan, but I know you'll make a way. I, I don't know what it is, but I know you'll make a way. And I love this moment because it was a moment where the disciples' faith was going to be built. It was a moment in this instance where Mary and Martha's faith was going to be built. I actually believe even in this moment already, Thomas's faith was being built. That actually he was going to be willing to sacrifice his life to do what Jesus had called him to do. I don't know how you make a way, but I know you will. I know you'll make a way. James, in the book of James... James 1 and verses uh, 2 and 4, he puts it like this. He said, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. 
Okay, so let's be honest. There's going to be a testing in our lives of our faith. Many times we are going to be tested in our faith when we're left on red. When we're left on red. When we don't know the answer, we have to make a decision. I don't know how you will make a way, but I know you will. But I know you will. Verse 4, perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. You see, I've got a takeaway for you today because I love John Norman's takeaways for you. So you can write this down. And John Norman didn't share the statistic, but the statistic there in Stocksbridge, for all of those who take notes, 65% of them enter heaven. Big smile on my face. Rotherham, get your notepads out. Here it is. Building of our faith happens in the moments of tension. The building of our faith happens in the moments of tension. They happen in the moments where it feels like we've been left on red. They happen in those moments. So what do we do? What do we do there in Derby? What do we do in Sheffield? What do we do here in Chesterfield? What do we do when it feels like God has left us on red? Well, I believe there's two things today that will help us as we are in that moment where it feels like we are left on red. The first thing is then this, meet him. Meet him. I said it earlier Many times in those moments where it feels like we've been left on red are those moments where we retreat, where we pull away. We see it all the time in church life. People go through moments of tension and it doesn't build faith. What happens is people step away from faith. They step away. Well, I want to encourage you to lean in to Jesus, to meet him. Okay, let's read some verses because I'm not sure you're getting this. John 11, verse 17. When Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days. Remember that. Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem and many of the people had come to console Martha and Mary in their loss. Here's the verse. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to... Okay, three of you can read. I heard you there in Stocksbridge. She went to, but how many of us stay at home? How many of us stay away? But Mary stayed in the house. We'll get to that in a moment. You see, if you read about Mary and Martha, when Jesus ever goes, they're usually Mary and Martha welcome Jesus into their house. That's the level of their relationship. We saw it early. It tells us that Jesus loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Usually there's this welcome into their house. But Martha on this day decided, no, something's got to change. Something's got to happen. Jesus, in Martha's eyes, Jesus is late. He's left me on red, but I'm going to meet him. I'm going to meet him. I'm going to talk to him. I'm going to find out what's happening. Why? Because there was a desperation to meet Jesus. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. I believe that there's got to be a desperation in each and every one of us to meet Jesus. Not to retreat, not to stay at home, but begin to step out and say, no, I'm going to meet Jesus. Even when it feels like he's not speaking, I'm going to meet Jesus. I'm going to meet him. Because I don't know how I'll make a way, but I know he will. 
Because today was different. This day was different. Like everything wasn't great. Everything wasn't good. It wasn't a moment where Jesus come home. Martha had a desperation in her soul. Some of us leave our desperation at one prayer. One moment of talking to Jesus. No, no, let's have a desperation to meet him regularly. I'm going to meet him. I can't, I can't share it fully, but many of you know our story and um, uh, around children and, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, I can't share it fully and one day we will share it totally. Um, but there had to be a desperation in us. You know, I remember, um, Don't do that. <laughs> do you know sometimes people do that? That's the worst thing you can do. Because <laughs> it puts pressure on you. I know it. And so Stocksbridge, don't do it. But Zion would ask for a sibling. And that was so hard. And it had been so easy to retreat. But we had to have a desperation. And I'm usually not a crier. I practice this as well. Yeah, my dad always wanted a girl. Oh, thanks. So we had to change. And we had to become desperate and meet Jesus. Every night, Zion, we're going to pray. Every night, we're going to pray. Every moment, even when he didn't stay at our house, stayed at grandparents' house, he's going to pray. Why? Because it had been very easy to just retreat. Very easy just to step away. But no, like Martha went out to meet Jesus. I want to say to some of us today, there are things that we have laid... Let's use Lazarus as an example. There are things that we have allowed to be buried in our lives. And today is the day you're going to go meet Jesus. It's today is a day of resurrection. I'm re- reviving it again. I'm going to meet Jesus where he's at. Continuing the story, John 11:21 says this. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you'd only been here. See the if only? Because that's where it leads us to. When you meet Jesus, don't worry about coming with a poly- come with a if only if you need to. Lord, if only you'd been here, my brother would not have died. But look what happens as she meets Jesus. But even now, even now, even now, I'll say to someone, even 10 years later, even 20 years later, even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. In this moment, Martha's faith rises. Martha's face, she has this exchange of faith. She has this moment. I want you to catch this there in Derby because she went from if only to if Jesus. If only to if Jesus. I believe that if you'll meet Jesus with your if only, it will change from an if only to if Jesus is in this, it will happen. I don't know how you'll make a way, but I know you will. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I know you will. 
I know it's going to happen, but we have to meet Jesus. It's a moment of turning our if onlys into if Jesus. So what are some of the areas in your life that you've buried? What are some of the things that you've thought were dead and buried, but they're not? They're still there. And today's the day, hey, I'm going to meet Jesus again. I'm going to go and meet Jesus. What are some of those days where it needs to change from the, if only it had happened then. If only it had happened this way. If only this had happened. I just paused for the photo. But maybe it has to change to the, if Jesus. I believe this Sunday morning of Icon Conference for all of our campuses is an even now moment even now moment as I was preparing this I just felt that I needed to say that to someone that it is an even now moment as you meet Jesus it's an even now moment it's a day of faith it felt like the dream the desire the longing the prayers had all been left on red but it's time to take the if only to if Jesus even now so will you meet him Jesus responds, verse 23, he says this, um, your brother will rise again. I'm going to read verse 23 to 27. (laughs) Yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day, her faith still being built. In this exchange, her faith still being built. Yes, uh, sorry, Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying, everyone who, who lives in me and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? Her faith is being built. And so she says, yes, Lord, she told him. I've always believed. Look at this. You are the Messiah, the son of God, the one who has come into the world. It's this incredible moment of our Martha's faith beginning to rise. So I want to encourage us to go from the if onlys to if Jesus, we've got to meet him. Mary eventually meets him and it's the same response. Look at verse 32 of John 11. It says, when Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if only. Same response, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. Could Jesus' response here that when Jesus saw her weeping, and saw the other people wailing with her. A deep anger welled up within him and he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? He asked them. They told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. The people who were standing nearby said, look at this. See how much he loved him. But some said, this man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus alive? Jesus is not a robot. He knows our pain. Jesus wept. In this moment, Mary comes and it's the same response. It's the same moment. Martha's faith is being, you can come to Jesus and he feels your pain. He knows what you're experiencing. He feels your pain of the moment. But even in the moment of meeting him, we have a choice. Don't know if you saw it in verses 36 and 37, but we have a choice. Some people responded with, look how much he loved Lazarus. 
And some people responded still with the if only. Surely this man, if he's who he says he is, could do this. You see, we still have a choice as we meet Jesus. We have a choice to go, does he love me? Is he for me? Do I believe that he can make a way? Do I believe it today? Today is a day to meet Jesus. The second thing to do when it feels like you've been left on red is work your faith. Another John Norman takeaway for you there in Sheffield. And I think this one will come up on the screen. Jesus will meet your problem with a new part of God's future. Jesus will meet your problem with a new part of God's future. He meets us in our present. He meets us in our present from God's future. He enters into the mess and the middle of the world we know and he meets us right where we are and he meets us with a new part of God's future. He meets us and says, there's a better way. He meets us and says that phrase that we love to say, the best is yet to come. He meets us and say, there's a new way. There's a better way. There's a way that leads to life and life to the full. But he calls us to take a leap of faith. He calls all of us to take a leap of faith. Uh, who, who loves the word of God? Some of us. But I was reading recently, and I, I, I'd never catch this, but in Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews, Hebrews 4 and verse 2, tells us something about the word that went forward, the word of God, the word of Jesus' message. It says this in Hebrews 4 and verse 2, for we also have had the gospel preached to us just as they did, but the message they heard was of no value to them. Why? Because those who heard it did not combine it with faith. It was of no value because they did not combine it with faith or as the new king james would put it they did not mix it with faith they didn't mix it with faith we hear the word of god but we have to begin to combine it and mix it with faith sometimes the word that god has for us has fallen short in our lives and i know this because he's done it in my life because i have not mixed it with faith this is my uh, protein shaker that has a, not that I use it that often these days, has a mixer in it that mixes the protein powder with water or milk or whatever I put within it. But let me tell you, there have been a few moments where I've been busy and I've put the water and the milk in and I've put the powder on top and I've gone to drink, oh my word. Sending shivers down my spine already. Those guys in Rotherham know how I feel. You know this because some of you are great British Bake Off fans. And you know if you get the mixture wrong or you forget an ingredient or you exchange an ingredient for something else, like you meant to put sugar in but you picked up the salt. I saw some heads go into hands there. I think it's happened doesn't taste nice see there's got a there's a working of our faith even when it feels like we've been left on red we're still able to hear the word of God we're still able to know God's word in our lives but it's a moment where I've got to get it and I've got to mix it 
I've got to mix it so that it'll do everything that it's called to do. You see, that protein is to add protein, to build muscles, as you can see, to build muscles today. But the Word of God and faith causes us to see Jesus. It causes miracles to take place. It causes God's will to come here on earth. But we have to begin to mix it like there's other stories you see this all over the bible like where god like jesus sends his word and then there has to be a working of their faith there has to be a mixture of their faith um you know famous story feeding of five thousand which would be closer to fifteen thousand people it's five thousand men what do we have we have five loaves and two fish okay jesus blesses it breaks it gives it back to the disciples still as five loaves and two fish like can you imagine being a disciple going looking at Amanda but Amanda's not Jesus oh she, she's she's great are you sure but they had to work their faith Jesus sent the word like God will multiply this but I got to work it I got to work my faith you see here in this story we're going to see it in a moment but they're asked to roll the stone aside they're asked to roll the stone aside I, I don't know, but what God, what is God calling you to do so he can bring about the dream and the desire and the longing in your life to being? For some of us, we've been left on red because we've brought God all of our excuses why it can't happen. Well, I believe today is to take God's word that you've heard and to begin to mix it with some faith, to begin to mix it with some faith, to begin to step out in faith, to begin to work your faith. James would say again, faith without works is dead. It's a mixing of our faith. Even when it feels like I've been left on red, there is a moment where I can go back. I can hear the promise from God. I can hear what God spoke over my life. I can believe the dream and desire is what God is placed in my life and I'm going to resurrect it by actually I'm going to work some faith I'm going to mix that word with faith so where have you not taken action what's the excuses that you've come up with you see it's easy to have hyper faith talk rather than a faith walk we can talk it all the time we can get so easily caught up in faith talk and not walk out that faith in action sometimes even that faith talk can just be statements of fate but actually no real faith goes I'm going to take some action I'm going to mix that word with some faith and I'm going to take some action we see it John 11 verse 38 says Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb a cave with a stone rolled across its entrance roll the stone aside Jesus told them but Martha the dead man's sister protested Lord he's been dead for four days the smell will be terrible she is right it should smell terrible his body should have begun to uh, decay verse 40 Jesus responded didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe oh there's a word from God I gotta mix it with some faith do you believe so they rolled the stone aside and then Jesus looked to heaven and said father thank you for hearing me we'll get into that in a moment so they rolled the stone aside they rolled the stone what has Jesus been asking you to roll away What's been blocking 
the dream and desire? What have you buried and you need to roll the stone aside to bring it back to life? But you've never done it because of an excuse. I believe it goes back right to that moment. Does Jesus truly love me? Is he truly for me? See, today is the day to believe. It's felt like I've been left on red. But maybe I've been left on red because I've just given Jesus my excuses of why it couldn't happen. And today is the day, no, I'm going to mix it with some faith. And I'm going to begin to roll the stone aside. I'm going to begin to walk out this faith like never before. I've given Jesus the excuses and I've not mixed his word with my faith. It's time to work your faith. Read the Bible, you'll see it. Stories, scripture, always a moment. God says, do this. They work their faith. God says, this is what you're called to do. Work your faith. God says to this house, go into all the world and preach the good news. Work your faith. Work your faith. So they rolled the stone aside. Verse 41, they rolled it aside. And Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here. What a weird prayer. So that they believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. As I was preparing this message, I got to this moment in the story and I was like, this, what a weird prayer to pray. Not that Lazarus's body would be put back together. You know, his body should have been decaying in that moment, four days in that tomb. Martha was right, it should have smelled. Martha was right, a hot climate. They knew, like after three days, they had uh, this um, realization in Jewish culture that after three days, they said their spirit had left their body, that it had gone. Like it was this moment, Martha knows there's the heat, this body should be decaying. We do not want to open it. And so I, I began to look and search and I read a commentary by a guy called Tom Wright and I'll summarize it for us because uh, he writes a whole big thing, but he would say this, Jesus was two days late to build faith, but he was two days late because he was praying as well for that body not to decay, but to be preserved. So when he got there, Lazarus could just walk out. Some of us think that some things, some dreams, some desires in our life had died. No, 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 they've been preserved. Today is the day they can walk out. Today is the day there are some desires in your life that you've allowed to be buried and you thought they were dead. Well, today they're not dead, they've been preserved. Jesus has been on the case and today is the day I'm gonna meet Jesus where he's at and I'm gonna work my faith. I'm gonna roll that stone aside because today is the day of resurrection. Today is the day where that dream comes about. It feels like I've been left on red. Maybe it's been a moment where my faith is being built. Maybe it's been a moment where I've got to believe Jesus more than I've ever believed him before. I've got to believe that I don't know how we will 
make a way, but I know he will. It's easy to sing, but we got to live it out, people. It's easy to sing some of these songs because they have a nice tune and Joel plays so good in the cage, the drums to them. But it's easy to sing there in Sheffield. It's easy to sing, but guess what? We got to begin to work it out. We got to begin to work it out and believe that Jesus is doing more in the background than we can see in the foreground if we will work our faith if we will roll that stone aside I truly believe today that Jesus has been doing more in the background in your life than you could see in the foreground today I truly believe it today I hope today that your faith is being built that Jesus is at work in your life so for anyone who feels like I've been left on red let it be a moment that builds our faith for anyone who's in that moment where it feels like you've been left on red, today's a day to meet Jesus. For anyone who's in that moment where it feels like you've been left on red, today's a day to work your faith, to work your faith. Would we stand across all of our campuses? I wanna pray for you. And then we're gonna sing. We're gonna seal this word in our hearts. Lord, I pray over every single person under the sound of my voice right now. I pray over everyone here in Chesterfield, there in Derby, in Sheffield, Rotherham and Stocksbridge and online at home. I pray today, God, that you would be at work in our lives. I pray that our faith would be built today. And as we come and meet you, Jesus, we might be meeting you, Jesus, with our if-onlys and our what-ifs. But today, today, Jesus, would be a moment where our faith is built, that you are doing more in the background than we can see in the foreground. Today, as we declare, as we walk from this place, and we would mix your word with faith, and we would work out that faith, that we would begin to see your promises come alive. I pray for any single person who has buried something in their life, buried a dream, a desire, a longing, it's been buried of you. I declare today that it is not dead, but it has been preserved, and today that it would come back to the fore today, that it would come alive, just as you said, Lazarus, come out. I declare over people's lives, dreams come out in the name of Jesus. I declare prayers would come out in the name of Jesus. Longings and desires would come out in the name of Jesus. I pray for it right now. And just while every head's bowed and every eye's closed, I want to take a moment. You felt like you've been left on red. We've responded all across this conference, but this morning I believe is another moment to respond. And you're saying, Nathan, that's me. And I want to do it in the moment of privacy, heads bowed and eyes closed. And you're saying, that's me, Nathan. It feels like I've been left on red by God. And today I need to meet Jesus. Today is a moment to meet him. Well, I'd love you to be bold and courageous and say, that's me. Because I'd love to pray for you specifically right now. If that's you, raise your hand right now. Right now. Thank you. Thank you. Amazing. Lord, I pray over every single hand across all of our campuses. I pray, Lord God, that they would meet you right now. They would know your presence. They would know your grace. They would know your love. That they would know that you are for them, God. And that if you're for them, that nothing can stand against them. I declare over their life right now that those dreams and desires would come back to the fore. And I declare right now that there would be prayers that they have prayed. That they would begin to pray again and they would see answers to 
those prayers. And so Jesus, right now, we lift your name high. We give you all the honour, all the glory, and all the praise, and all the church said, all the church said, come on.